How many was online or in church Wednesday night? Most everybody, hopefully. You know, we had some, some testimonies and different things. One of the things I was looking for going around, and, and we did ask you, everyone that was here, basically to, you know, tell me one thing the Lord's done for you. And probably caught you off guard. Some of that were here kind of put you on the spot. But, you know, here's the thing. Is it possible that you could miss Jesus while he's here? Is it possible? Now, we say, we say the idea that, well, we love God. And, well, when we talk about Jesus, we're kind of talking about the same thing, aren't we? We're not just kind of. I mean, we're talking about the same thing. God, the Father, and His Son, they're one. Well, we understand that. But is it possible, as looking at the Scriptures, that Jesus could come and you could miss Jesus? but yet still say you love God. That's, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? The other question is, just, just provoking your thought here, the other question would be, is it possible to serve God and not realize you're serving Jesus? Now, it almost sounds crazy that to these kinds of questions would be like, what, what are you talking about? But it's very evident that when Jesus came, that many of them missed him. And yet they loved God. But they missed Jesus. And why did they miss Jesus? Unbelief? They saw his flesh. So they were waiting for another. They were expecting, Julie, you said it this morning about your alphabet scenario. You expected certain letters and got other letters. So they, they see, here's the, the interesting part. You know, you had, I'm not going to teach on this part today, but there's, there's a scenario that, that does work in the Bible. And so there does need to be some separation and clarity. But you had the Jewish people who served God their whole life. And they knew a Messiah was coming by prophecy. So when Jesus came, Paul and Peter and the apostles connected Jesus to that Messiah and said, he's here. Well, then you had that other group of people called the Gentiles. They didn't know anything about the law. They didn't serve God. They served other gods. So they weren't raised under the law of Moses. They didn't know that about the people of Israel outside of knowing that God, that was supposed to be God's people. Now, you could look at your life and say, well, I wasn't raised under the law of Moses. How many of you were raised under the specific laws of Moses? No, you, were, you came in like from a worldly mindset and said, well, oh, here's Jesus, I'm going to serve him. Kind of like a Gentile would be, Right? So it's interesting when you look at this, in both scenarios, if you're in a law of Moses mindset, you could miss Jesus because you're focused on the law of Moses. Well, a lot of people did. As a Gentile, you may not want to leave from serving other gods. And 
Well, that's a problem. So we could say, well, I'm serving other gods. And you, you would say, well, no, I'm either serving Jesus or I'm not serving anything. Well, that's not true. Because you're always serving something. If it's sin, it's sin. If it's gods that you're aware of, maybe, maybe not. But the point is, I'm getting to a point to say that Jesus is the deciding factor on finding out who God is. Jesus is the deciding factor on finding out what heaven's like. Jesus is the deciding factor on salvation, on overcoming sin. Well, we would like to think that we have the preaching of Jesus and that we're not going to miss him. But here's the thing. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus showed up, they missed him, and a good answer was, they missed him because they judged after the flesh. Now, how many times have we talked about in this church that it's possible to take all of the gospel, put it to yourself, and begin to work your salvation through the flesh? Could you miss Jesus in that? Well, how? Be wouldn't you go back to... Uh, chapters like John chapter 6 where Jesus said I'm the bread of life that came from heaven and you're like what does that even look like imagine being in front of a man Marty and you say I'm the bread of life that came from heaven what like no you're not you're a, a man I'm the bread of life that came from heaven I'm the living water that if you thirst, I'll give you drink and you'll live forever. What does that stuff even mean? And sometimes we may study the Bible so much and hear the preaching so much that we overlook the profound statements that Jesus actually made there. And we go, well, I just want to know more about him. I want to know more about God. So we study, 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 study. Studying is awesome. You learn a lot of stuff. Praying is awesome. You can communicate with God, but then you could study the wrong things or you could study for lust. You could study for knowledge. You could pray amiss, couldn't you? So then what does Jesus really want from us? I mean, what does he really want? What would you think? Put yourself in the side of Jesus and say, what, do, what would Jesus want from me? Well, you could say he wants me to repent. Okay, but past that. Of course, that's true. He wants me to be saved. Yeah, that's true. But there's other things that Jesus wants from you. What is that? Okay. He, Dave said he wants the word in us that he gave us to come back to him. I like that. that that's around what I'm looking for. What, he wants you to be still and do what? Receive him? Okay, good answer. Okay, uh, Micah spoke up first. I'll get right back to you. Micah said to see him as a spirit. Which is kind of where you're going, right? This is true. 
this is true. Like, for example, the greatest thing that could ever happen to you in your lifetime is to see Jesus beyond the flesh and to see him as a spirit, as he really is. And think about that. Your greatest thing in life, and I'm telling you this, there's, like I said, studying and and seeking and praying and come to church and being faithful, all that is awesome. It's part of what happens. But what good is all of that if Jesus himself is not revealed to us as he really is? What good has all my studying done me? What good is coming to church my whole life and then still missing who Jesus really is? That's the thing that matters. And so if you, if you notice all of this preaching, all of this teaching, the thing that, that I'm after, we're after, is that the revelation of Jesus be revealed to us in such a way that it changes us into his likeness. And I've talked about that a lot, right? His nature, his likeness. But how do you get changed other than to see him as he is? So you do. You you have to come to know him. See, I'm saying all that because we talk about becoming. So if the word of God in you is young... It needs to become something. So I could start off small and go, oh, I understand that fear can be overcome and, I, and God saves you from it. But then lust is a problem. So you need some salvation to work there. Well, it's still all one salvation ultimately. But to us in a physical life, we have to deal with day by day, don't we? So that means... I wake up today, I've, I may get understanding on overcoming one thing, and the next day I may get some understanding on how to overcome this. Where does all of that come from? See, you may say, I wake up going, or, or in church or whatever, I got an understanding of, of what I need to do. But if you did, something produced that. If it's real, if you say, I, I, I heard something today, I heard something, this changes me. Something caused that. What was it? You know what it was? The revelation of Jesus. You're beginning to see Jesus for who he is. So say, say um, you struggle with certain parts of your life. All you need is the Lord to reveal himself. The part is I, I want to get to is we don't want to miss Jesus. He's here. He's here. So while I can hear the word of God, I talk about this with the deacons a lot. Why do we want to stay so general in our thinking? What I mean by that is this. How many can tell me all of who Jesus said I am? And he mostly said those things in the book of John. How many of you can say, I know Jesus because he said I am the bread of life. 
How many know him as the bread of life and what that means to you? Okay, I'm going to get somewhere now. How many of you know what the living water is to you? You know it, man. You know he has been revealed as that. How many know him as the door? Because he said, I am the door. You got to enter through me. And we say, but yeah, I mean, I've already done all this. I, of course he's the door. I entered in. I got saved. But, and I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not arguing that. But I am saying, how far into that door you want to go? Do you really want to know who Jesus is as the door? And do, do you want it to transform you into the same likeness? Because if we have to see Jesus as a spiritual being, who do we have to see you as? Who do you have to see me as? Same thing, right? So I'm not just preaching to your flesh because here's what happens, right? Nancy is like 10 miles down the road. You may get a phone call that distracts everything that was said this morning. And now you've got to deal with that and you don't forgot what was said here. What do I have confidence in? Was I talking to Nancy, the one that got distracted? Or am I preaching to the spiritual being that you are so I know that God will visit the Spirit of God in you? And that that is eternity. And therefore, here's the way I like to look at it. How many of you have ever been working or doing anything and... You know, at one moment you were on fire in your mind for God. All you could think about was the things of God. But then you got distracted and got busy and started about your way. And then it's like, where did God go? You ever done that? Your mind is blank. You don't even know what to, I, I don't even know what to read in the Bible. I can't even think of anything. It's like blank. How does that, how does that happen? We're deceived in our mind as if God left. That's why we say, where did God go? Not realizing that the spiritual man within us is still present. He's still there and he is not forgetting. And so therefore, it's like I've, I learned this and it had to be learned. I learned that I could um, say, be in the mind of Christ, thinking about the things of God, and yet, well, it's, it's time to do taxes, okay? Let's use that as an example. How many of you sit down to do taxes? Maybe none of you, I don't know. You sit down to do your taxes, and you're like, oh my gosh, I hate this, number one. This is ridiculous. But second of all, it, it, it can consume you, if, especially if you got a lot of stuff. It takes your mind completely away from where you were just at. I've learned that the moment that's over, the Spirit of God's still present. The remembrance of what I'm thinking on and what I'm doing in the Spirit is still very present. It's, it's like that. It's like that. Sometimes, though, we struggle getting back, don't we? Why is that? Maybe you haven't exercised it. Maybe you haven't believed that it was still possible. What I'm saying is, Jesus is eternal life. He never left. 
his whole presence to us is to teach us a revelation of who he is. Did he ever leave the Father at any point in the earth? He didn't. Did the Father ever leave him? Are you saved by Jesus Christ or not? So when did you ever leave the Father? And when did the Father ever leave you? So why do we think like we're left? Why do we go through times where we feel separated? Why? We're not thinking spiritual, are we? Yeah. We're seeing ourselves as flesh. It's interesting that earthly things can separate our mind from being in God. And I'm trying to say that's not true. It's the way you think about it. What it is, you know what it's proof of? If sin separates you from God, it's proof that you still battle with sin, don't you? So I'm saying, what if Jesus, the I am, it's okay, it's, it's routine. <laughs> I have this thing now that everybody that drops a phone on the floor looks at me and goes, I'm sorry. I get it. I know, I know. I was saying something, wasn't I? What? The I am. So, so let's say Jesus is the I am. And he's been revealed to you. Think of it this way, too. This is cool. I am the good shepherd. Now, that's an interesting thought. Because a shepherd does what? Feeds the sheep, protects them, takes care of them, right? Guides them. There's multiple levels here. A sheep's not going to starve. He'll always be brought to the green pastures right? There's, there's Psalms for you. He'll always be brought to the waters. There it is again. But he also protects you. And then that idea of guiding you, that's awesome. Guiding you to everything you need. Now imagine this. Can you see Jesus as that? Has he been revealed in you as a good shepherd? That you know, no matter what day I'm in, no matter what minute I'm in, he guides me, he feeds me, he gives me water, all of it, life, he protects me. A wolf, oh yeah, I've seen some wolves, but my shepherd, my shepherd. Am I worried? Yeah, I get a little nervous sometimes when wolves come around, but my shepherd, And then you have the parable of he went to save the one and left the 99 to go save the one to make sure the one was saved. I mean, come on. It's like, what a revelation. And it's funny, we have been read these things for so many years. They're just like this. They're just spinning in our mind. Okay, they're there, but they have no meaning. And I'm saying you could literally miss Jesus when he comes because we're so familiar with our words of God that we just, it just spins across. Oh yeah, he left the 99 
and went for the one. That's an awesome story. I love it. And you move right to the next one. What good is a parable of the great shepherd, the good shepherd, if we don't even know what it means and how it applies to us through Jesus Christ? What good would it be, Marty? It's nothing. It becomes a dead letter. And so sometimes that's how our Bible appears to us, doesn't it? You know what I'm talking about. And, and therefore, you're becoming, you're growing. But the patience is that I, I'm convinced now that Jesus, he shows up many times in your lifetime to reveal himself to you. And ultimately, there's going to be the end of it all. But at first, the Lord may need to visit you on many occasions to reveal himself to you so that you don't take light who he is and what he says. So we have the simplicity of Jesus. The gospel is simple, but yet we could take it so light. He needs to be introduced to us at every moment. So not just when you come to church introduced, he, he wants to be introduced to you continually. And so it's, it's the moment of this, some people call these things like the aha moment or the, oh my gosh, wow, this is, when the word of God comes to me, it, it wakes up my awareness and I see the Lord. I only may see a part of him, but that part is awesome. And that's, that's the part he revealed to me, right? That's, that's good. But it's easy to not know. There's, there's a whole lot of scenarios. Uh, the woman at the well. What an interesting story. How many, how many of you have heard that and read that? And we've preached it. How many times have we preached that? Could you get up here and talk about it yourself? Because it's been preached so many times. But how many of you have ever looked at that context of what he was doing there and knew that Jesus went to a Samaritan woman. Samaria at that time, Jerusalem was in the south, Samaria was in the north, and they were not associated with the Jews. It was a, a mega event for this Jew to be sitting on the well and this Samaritan woman come up and, and say, um, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. Why are you talking to me? This was, this was not some, oh yeah, Samaritan woman came up and they were talking and, and Jesus revealed. No, this was mega. And it was, it was, she said right away, no, you're a Jew. You shouldn't be talking to me. He says, give me water. Right? And then she's like, no, no, you're a Jew. Well, if you knew who I was really, if you knew who I was really, I would give you water because you'd be asking me for it. Hence, she didn't know the right question because she didn't know who he was. Now, back to that. Why can't we ask the right questions? You don't know who's in front of you. And so Jesus had to take her through the journey to show her, I'm the Messiah. And she came to that. 
like once she began to talk to him and rehearse, she came to this idea like, he's the Messiah. Now, Samaria, why were they separated from the Jews? They were, under David, Samaria and Jerusalem were one nation of Israel. How is it possible that Samaria is no longer with the Jews? How, How is that possible? Can you tell me? They, they split in two. Correct. So, but, so Dave said their Samaritans were like, they had Jewish in them, but then they had Gentile in them as well. They were mixed. This is why the Jews were so righteous, of course. They couldn't mix with them because they had half Gentile. So, Jesus said, well, let me give you a good example of what it's going to be like when I show up. I'm going to save everybody. This religion that won't accept things, I'm going to save it. And Jesus shows up and reveals himself and every part, every part of you, if Jesus shows up, can be saved. If it'll obviously follow the Lord. But what does that mean? Well, first, Jesus got to show up. Well, he's here. But secondly, what if you're not seeing him as he is? I want to provoke you today. Here's what I'm doing. I'm saying that it is possible and is happening on some level, and everybody's going to be different, that you are not looking at Jesus the way he wants to reveal himself to you. So when you hear these, the, the revelations of Jesus come forth, pay close attention. Because if you can think spiritually, he'll reveal himself to you. And he'll show you who he is. There's no way you shouldn't be able to experience Jesus as the I am. Every one of them. Every one of them. Which ones did I leave out? I'm the vine. I like that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hey, how many times have we said that? I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's Jesus. (laughs) What way? To heaven, of course. Well, back to that, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I taught on this about the disciples recently, about Monday. Remember? Show us the way. Remember that, Philip? Not Philip. um, Thomas. Show us the way and we'll know. Well, you already know the way. I'm, I'm here. See, is that true? Is it possible that Jesus could be in front of you and you still not know the right way? See, we say, no, 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 I'm saved, man. I'm saved. And Jesus goes, Philip, Thomas, come on. I'm right here, and you haven't perceived me. The woman at the well, I'm right here. You haven't perceived me. When he shows up to raise Lazarus from the dead, Mary and Martha, hello, I'm right here. You haven't perceived me. I'm the resurrection. That was another one, right? I am the resurrection. I am, you said, the light of the world. So think about this. If you can perceive Jesus as the light of the world, 
Will you walk in darkness? Everybody think now. Now what you need to do is, is examine yourselves. Do I still have darkness? Maybe I need some more light. Do I still have death in me? Maybe I need some resurrection thought. Because I am the resurrection. Hmm, that's interesting. Do I still struggle with going the right way? I need the way. Do I struggle with the truth sometimes? Sounds like I need Jesus to reveal himself as the truth. And we take for granted that we know these scriptures. They are so popular. From a child you're taught these things. Even if you don't go to church. You know John 3.16. Of course nowadays it's getting harder and harder. I mean our kids are not taught the things of God like they used to be. Kids in the world. We need a revelation. So the simplicity of what I'm saying today is don't think that I have the revelation unless you do. That just means I need to become more. That's all. Growing up. We've done this. We've done this. On the other side, on the other side, what happens to you, Micah, when you know Jesus as the way? You don't follow a different way. You don't follow a different way. And then think about what happens. Not only do you know the way, you start showing the way. Think about that. So it's like, okay, I know Jesus because he revealed the way to me. Show it to me. And sometimes I have to play dumb. Show it to me. Jesus showed me he was the truth. Tell it to me. You see what I'm saying? Okay, I am the life. Funny, because your parable sure speaks a lot of death. You see what I'm getting at? Let's not say we know Jesus. Let's show Jesus. And so if you're in a place where you go, no, I, I get it now. I, I'm not saying I know it all. I am now saying I'm learning him. Okay, fine, good. Know where you are and do that. And that's awesome. Why? Honesty. What ground receives and reproduces? Honest heart. Good ground. So all the other three, you're going to experience those, but don't forget the honest one. The honesty. So if you're honest with God and honest with yourself, what happens? God will show up and talk to you. You know why? Because he knows when he shows up, you're going to be honest with him and he can be honest with you. Not like Adam. Where are you, Adam? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, it can't come out today. Not that. Honesty. Honesty is everything, right? So what am I after today again? I'm after Jesus being revealed to us and us not pretending we know him. Because there are certain levels of knowing him, isn't there? You, I'm not saying you don't know Jesus. I am not saying that, right? 
Because, look at, I mean, you do. But how many want to know him more? You, you, the revelation gets revealed to you and, and you just get transformed every time. You cannot not change when Jesus pulls off the veil. You can't. The reason why, you say, well, Jesus showed up in a town and preached the word and they didn't follow him. You could say, oh, it's possible not to follow Jesus. Yeah, it's possible. But see, they didn't see him for who he was. Imagine, Dave, Jesus pulls off the veil and you see him for who he is. You're going to fall in love. Because when he pulls off the veil and there's just light, your darkness is going to flee. It's when Jesus, it's when you have this idea of Jesus that he's the light and you don't really see him as the light where you still live in darkness. Did I make sense with all of that? What did I say? When you see him as he is, will you change? Listen, did the scripture say that? When he appears and I see him who he is, as he is, You'll be like him. Is that a question? Keith, will I be like him? Maybe I'll be like him. When he shows up and he is revealed to you, you will be like him. You know why? You, you can't help but be transformed into his likeness. So is it possible there's parts of Jesus that are still veiled to you? We want to remove the veil. Isn't that what Jesus would want for you? I asked that question earlier, remember? What would Jesus want for you? He would want you, Don, to see him for who he is in his real self. Isn't that awesome? Now the question would be, back to what you said, can you handle it? Can you handle the real Jesus? Or do you like the fairy tale? The fairy tale can be fun. It could be fun. But the problem with the fairy tale, <laughs> it's fake. It's not true. It's not accurate. So therefore, you want the truth. You want the truth of who he is to be revealed. Jesus shows up and he knows exactly what to give you, Marty. He knows exactly what you need. So therefore, when he shows up, why are you wanting something else? Like, eh, I wanted something else. I mean, everybody's been there at Christmas. <laughs> I wanted something else. As the kid cries over the presents. Have you ever done that to Jesus? And maybe you didn't cry. Maybe you got mad. Maybe you got offended. Well, Jesus shows up to give you who he is so that he can show up again to give you some more of him. If you're mad at the first time he shows up and the second time he shows up, remember Israel in the wilderness? 
And the third time he shows up, God even went 10 times with them. And then he said, that's it. You don't like my gifts? You don't like me revealing who I am to you? Okay. Jesus wants to reveal. And that's how simple this is. Is the way I perceive things, the way I live my life is, Jesus, reveal who you are. And everything you really are in the spirit will make itself known. And then I'll be changed. So are you in a hurry? You in a hurry? No, I mean to get changed, not get out of here. <laughs> like I'm ready to go. It's hot in here. We're not in a hurry is my point. We're not in a hurry. We're, we're just whatever God sends Jesus to reveal to us, that's what I want. And then he comes again. And as I receive him, he, he might start showing up every day. Well, God don't talk to me. It's like once a year. Might be a reason for that. Seriously. If you want him to show up daily, receive him. And be good with how he reveals himself. I think I've said enough. Any, any questions? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And then, and then you get into that, uh, I am the vine. He said, I am the vine. He, got in, he gets into John 15. And I'm the vine, you are? What a parable. I'm the branch connected to the vine? Are you serious right now? Or are you the branch that's been cut off laying over here waiting to die? Don't be that branch, right? That's good. Any other questions? If you want to, yeah, you, you could go look at those. And actually, I encourage you to. The I am's of Jesus. Go look at them. And realize when you look at them, say, man, Jesus wants to reveal himself. He was wanting to do that when he came. But he came to his own, Marty, and his own received him not. Ugh. Bad, bad. How many belong to Jesus? Are you not going to receive him? Or are you going to receive him? Good. Did I ask for questions? Did you ask him? Same thing. There you go. See, that's how I want you to think right there. And I did talk about he speaks promises to change you into them promises. I mean, that's who you are. He didn't say you just have eternal life, Marty. You are eternal life. That's awesome. So he didn't say you you can overcome, you are an overcomer. That's who you are. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, doesn't he mean for you to be the way, the truth, and the life? Yeah. And that's how you know him. That's how you know him. 
That's how you become one with him. You're not trying to take his place. You're joining with him and becoming one with him. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You, you change, you grow, and she talked about uh, as you grow and understand these things and you change, you're, you're transformed into his likeness. But, but remember, it's, it's, it's not studying the scripture that performs that. It, it is a work of the Spirit. It's a communication between mm-hmm. him and you. Yeah. Yeah, we, we do need to talk about that. That's actually a good thought. She said it's a communication between you and, and the Lord. That's a good subject to actually talk about because you could be talking to the Lord wrong. You know, you could be presenting yourself wrong in a mindset that's other than him. So maybe you, what you think you're hearing from God may be your own thoughts. That's possible. So maybe we'll dive into that at some point. But yeah, that's the truth. You need to communicate with him and he'll communicate with you. That's what he was doing with the disciples, weren't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in the origin of it, it was his image and likeness. And that's what God intended. But the minute, the minute sin came in, the image and the likeness began to change. And I know people still say we're in God's image today, but I'm going to tell you, images have changed. They have. Therefore, well, we already preached that, didn't we? We Go back to that order. Get the the mind of God in it, and let's let's look at him and be transformed into that. Absolutely. Yeah, who else? Well, good, we had a few. Stand to your feet. Hey, I'm convinced of this now. Absolutely convinced that Jesus will honor his word. I'm absolutely convinced of it. If your honesty and your heart, your your honest heart can provoke Christ enough to unveil himself, you're in for something. You're in for something. But if, if you can't even provoke Jesus with your honesty, is it possible he'll hide from you? I'm just, I'm just provoking now. He could stay hidden and you could be serving him the whole time. But an honest heart, faith, love for God, all of these things, they will provoke him into exposing everything he is. And he'll take back the veil and whoo, he'll give it to you. Transform you into everything you need. Things beyond our imagination. <laughs> that's awesome, isn't it? How many want that? Yeah. You're right. I mean, that's, that's, well, Jesus wants that. And he said, I have more to tell you, but you can't handle it right now. Did he say that to some? Don't be that one. I mean, for a time you, you are, but as you grow, he tells you everything. And then John 
Is it St. John 15? Who are you when he tells you everything? Who are you? You're his friend. Very good. So provoking you to not take the Jesus lightly, not just know the scriptures, experience him, get to know him, be changed into his likeness, right? Whoo, man, that's good. That's good. Let's pray. Lord, your word is true. It's powerful. It's the same words you've always been speaking to us. You haven't changed it. You keep wanting us to hear it. And we are hearing it today. We hear your word. We believe your word. We receive it into our hearts. And our cry today, Lord, is our honest heart that we provoke you to reveal yourself to us in greater ways than we've ever known. Honor that today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you online. We'll see you next week.